Hello and welcome to Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast, brought to you by KaplanNursing.com, which offers prep courses and preparation for the NCLEX RN and NCLEX PN examinations. In today's podcast episode, we are going to be talking about a particular nursing field, which is helping to revolutionize and transform the whole healthcare field, which is nursing informatics. And we have a fantastic guest on the podcast with us today who has been a nurse for the last 18 years. Her name is Veronica Sanchez. Uh, So has been a nurse for uh, now close to a couple of decades, uh, has been an educator for the last seven years, and an NCLEX instructor with us at Kaplan for the last four years. And in fact, you might see her in a few ads that we have uh, circling throughout uh, the uh, throughout social media and throughout the internet as well. So um, hello and welcome to Veronica. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. It's a rainy day in New York City, but I made it through and we're here. That's right. Uh, you're the first person on the podcast who also is living in New York. Correct. Which <laughs> I'm super excited about. Two New Yorkers on the call. That's um, right. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm glad you could make it in today. And I definitely am, you know, I know a little bit about you, but of course, those who are listening at home might not know too much about you. So I'd love if you could tell the folks at home a little bit more about your background and especially your your nursing journey. Sure. So um, I hail originally from South America. I'm from Chile and I moved to the States when I was a teenager. I pursued nursing uh, right out of high school and that was based in uh, Miami, Florida. So that's where I started my nursing career. I became an LPN. I did that for a few years and then slowly pursued my RN track. Um, so I have been in an associate's program, then I was in a BSN program, and then I moved into a master's program. Um, and I moved around the East Coast for each of those um, academic endeavors, um, which landed me back in the New York City area, uh, where I now work as a chronic care nurse manager. That's my full-time job, um, helping patients who have HIV in the um, urban um, city in the Bronx. That's amazing. And what first inspired you to become a nurse? Well, I always knew I wanted to help people, and I didn't know exactly how to do that. Um, usually, the first route when you like science and you like people, uh, they usually tell you become a doctor. And so I thought initially I would do that, um, but I didn't want to spend a long time in school to then realize that maybe that's not what I wanted to do. So I opted for nursing, which was a shorter track, especially entry-level nursing. So I said I could do about a two years of school and see if I like it. And if I do, I'll continue. And if I really like it, then I'll maybe become a doctor after all. Well, I did like it, and I understood the differences between medicine and nursing. And I thought, hey, you can really help people here and you know, spend more time with them as opposed to busy doctors that don't have a lot of time to talk to folks. And I like to talk, so... Nursing was my thing. That's great. Um, Yeah, it's always interesting to hear how people are inspired to be nurses. And sometimes it's something they always wanted to do and always knew it. Sometimes it's a a particular event that occurs that inspires them to do that. So it's it's great to get, get to hear those stories. And I, 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 I'm glad that we got to know a little bit more about your educational background and what you're doing currently. What else have you done in the nursing field? So in the nursing field, I started out as a staff nurse in the hospital world. So I did a lot of acute care. Um, I always opted for uh, doing what we call float. So I was always a float nurse because I wanted to know 
what the different kinds of nursings and different floors, uh, how they differed and how they were alike. And I wanted to be able to learn about different specialties before I decided on one. So I was a float nurse for a few years. Um, then I tried my hand in um, you know, acute care in the ICU setting um, in order to have critical care as a kind of a med belt. Um, and then I stumbled upon totally different road, which I became a care manager and a home health nurse. So I tried that for a while. And that slowly led me into the managerial role, uh, which is how I ended up uh, in quality improvement and process improvement, patient safety. Uh, after a while, I applied those same skills, uh, first in an inpatient hospital, um, and then I moved into oncology. So I learned new techniques and new things and the latest and the greatest that's happening in cancer care and how to keep it safe for patients. And then after that, um, I ended up here back in New York where I'm doing another chronic disease, which is HIV, and it has uh, different sets of barriers to care. And so I kind of help um, care coordination for patients. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I was trying to, to take a mental note, and then I realized I had to write everything down and keep track of it because that is a ton that you've done. Uh, what, did you, what have you enjoyed the most so far? Um, that you've done? The, so the older that I get and the more sort of I've been able to apply my skills um, in different ways are less hands-on and more at a systems level. I enjoy that the most. Mm. Although in the beginning, you know, there's nothing more rewarding than being hand-to-hand -hand with a patient in the room who looks at you and says, thank you for, you know, taking care of me. Or you have a relative that says, thank you for helping save my mother. Um, those are the most rewarding um aspects of the career that, but I find that, that as you get older, they're not sustainable because they take a toll on you. And so emotionally, physically, spiritually. So I, that's why I opted for a higher level of knowledge to be able to impact on a greater, you know, a majority of people. So improving the health system, I can help the new incoming nurses do their job better. So they're less overwhelmed and less stressed and whatnot. Yeah, that's great. So I know we're here to talk about nursing informatics specifically, and before we dive into what that involves and what your experience is like there, uh, it'd probably be helpful to start with a little bit of an overview as to exactly what this field uh, entails. So um, could you tell us a little bit more about what exactly is the field of nursing informatics? Sure. So... <clears throat> You know, informatics is the field of bringing technology and fusing it with, um, you know, the human aspects of the healthcare system that we do, right? Mm -hmm. So nursing informatics is um, applying the nursing process and the nursing skills um, and put that with the technology that is existing in most of the hospitals and trying to be able to make sense of a workflow. So that means if um, you have electronic medical records, um, and, you know, you're navigating through the chart, the electronic chart, and you're trying to um, get a patient's history. Uh, does the list, the way it flows, does it make sense? Is it in the order that you want to ask the patient's questions? Um, do you have to click through too many fields to through many pages in order to um, get the information? And so nursing informatics is that expertise that brings sort of tech with the nursing process and trying to facilitate the delivery of information from the patient to the health system 
and being able to you know navigate and hopefully improve the patient's outcomes. Really interesting. So that kind of leads into another question I had, which is, are is this field focused on improving outcomes and patient safety, or are there other measurements that you're taking? Uh, is there anything else that you're trying to improve? Is it steps in the process? Like, what's what's the end game? Right. So that's a great question, um, and I would say that it encompasses all of that. So. The informatics field is helping the folks that work in quality, the folks that work in patient safety, and the work the folks that do regulatory. And we try to get mandates and deadlines and you know things that a hospital or a health center could get penalized for. So we're trying to get all of the things that we're required to do, plus all the things that are best practices in the field, and embedding them in a way that is smart, that fuses properly, and that a clinician can use, which is the most important thing. And that's why nurses play such a vital role in developing these systems, because uh, more often, uh, you know, the tech gurus, if you will, right, the people that code and that write these programs, they're not clinicians. So they don't understand that, why would you need to click twice? And why would that make sense? And if I ask if a patient has pain, why do I need to have a pain scale that pops up? Right, these kinds of things. So that's where the nurses and the teams that work in these um, informatic um, fields help. Oh, that's interesting. How did you get involved in this field? Because it's su- it seems super specific uh, and almost even more related to technology than nursing. So how how did you get started in this? So it, it's one of those things that I sort of stumbled upon. Um, Uh, while I was working in quality improvement, uh, which was mostly regulatory-based, so trying to make sure we have outcomes. Uh, And so a lot of the information that we report to the state or the Joint Commission or any regulatory entity that, um, you know, either finances or regulates a hospital system, we need to report outcomes. So we report these outcomes by pulling them usually from the electronic medical records. In the old days, before electronic medical records, Uh, you would have auditors that would physically look into the paper chart, right? Photocopy, scan, or put them into an Excel document. Uh, The beauty of electronics uh, records is that we don't have to do that anymore. And so I stumbled upon while doing projects that I was required to report X amount of, you know, findings, uh, look for errors, um, you know, whether it was patient safety or medication errors, I was, you know, I was doing projects within my, the scope of my work that I was doing. And I realized that a lot of the things that I was seeing, you know, were not easy to pull. And so that's when I, from the electronic medical records. So then I ended up um, becoming involved with IT departments. And then I realized that there was small uh, subset that there was such thing as informaticians and there was always one or two nurses that worked there. And so I said, hey, this is, nobody told me about this, you know? So I started kind of digging into it. And, uh, you know, I started taking on more of those projects. And um, then it sort of became like my job to be the person that does that. That's cool. And it's great that you had that interest. And then you just tried to find your way into figuring out how to join that team. Is thinking about, I guess, the background that you need, because it almost seems like you don't necessarily need a nursing background, but I could be wrong about that. Just from the way it sounds, it sounds like as long as you have uh, 
some analysis skills, maybe some uh, technical IT skills. That's maybe all you need. But again, I, I'm not 100% sure. So what are the the requirements for your backgrounds in order to even be considered for this type of position? Right. So what really makes the most sense is usually someone who becomes a nurse informatician is somebody who has been in the nursing field for a while, right? So you need to have definitely your RN degree and some clinical expertise. And then you gravitate towards tech, right? So there are some nurses that are, you know, like software engineers or that had some kind of computer background before they went into nursing. And so um, that's always helpful, but not required. Um, you definitely don't need to be a coder, uh, you know, because the IT departments, they already have people that do that. So you're basically sort of a translator. So um, although the field is, you know, relatively new and, you know, it's been around for a couple of decades, but it's definitely growing because of the need of um, the mandates that, you know, by 2020, you know, we need to be completely paperless. Um, And so and things like that keep coming up. And so Um, you know, with uh, all their mandates such as value-based payments, uh, which means that we need to be applying concepts uh, within the chart. We need to be able to abstract information that is valuable, how to to tell regulators that, um, or regulatory uh, folks, that what we are doing is really helping people in terms of outcomes, right? So basically what I like to say is my job is to prevent what I call garbage in, garbage out, which means that if the data that I'm inputting in the chart, it's not easy to pull out, it's gonna look just as bad. So I need to improve those methods. And so to become that, really, you know, if you want to kind of aim for higher jobs, such as a a chief um, technology officer, or even like a chief nursing officer at a, you know, at a large hospital, then you need to have an advanced degree Um, And then you need to be um, certified in a variety of ways. There's a few certifications, uh, one through the ANCC, which you can get, you know, your nursing informatics certification. Uh, But then there's also um, kind of industry specific. Uh, You know, you could become a project manager. You could um, take, uh, you know, if you're like sort of the industrial approach, you could do things like... um, the Lean Six Sigma um, certifications. Uh, so there's a variety of ways. There isn't like one major certifier that says you are an informatician. It's just what you want to do with that and what department you work in that facilitates the work you're doing. Interesting. So let's get into the nitty gritty. Uh, what is the uh, what's the day to day look like for you? I mean, what's when you when you go in uh, as a nursing uh, informatician, what does your typical day look like? So for someone who does this as a full-time job, it's really mostly uh, project management, right? So it's leading efforts. So a day-to-day would be, it's mostly office-based, right? So it would be lots of meetings uh, with different stakeholders that have projects on their pipeline that either need to be approved. Uh, There could be meetings with vendors uh, different software companies that want to uh, either pitch the product to you or, um, you know, pieces of a product that could be embedded with your EMR. And so uh, there's a lot of testing that goes and you're working with a lot of analysts. So, you know, when I was doing this full time, I was working with a quality analyst who would do most of the um you know, the analytical spreadsheet, you know, kind of skills, the math, if you will, because that's never been really my forte. Um, 
to no surprise. But um, so, you know, the analysts would help me. And I also worked with IT and I would work with report writers who I would walk through the different elements that I need in a report that uh, I would use to then facilitate whatever outcome I'm trying to get, right? And so then I would pitch that to whatever departments need it, right? So for example, if it's, um, let's say the Department of Cardiology, they wanna know how long does an open heart surgery take because they're trying to, you know, they don't have the staff, so they wanna make sure that we're not spending too many hours with the open heart patient for example. So I would pull that information from the chart and I need to make sure that it's easy to find. So then I need to go in surgical records and then do the math from the start of the case to the close of the case and then average that out. Um, how many times is the patient really, how many, the, with their um, chest open, right? If that's what the issue is. Uh, we don't want patients lying there with their chest open for too long. And it could be like a patient safety issue, whatever it is. Um, and so you spend a lot of time um, analyzing, going through data, doing a lot of quality checks, uh, demoing products, uh, and then some of it it's um, you know passed down to the floors or to the different clinics, and then do a lot of teaching. So you demonstrate, you teach doctors, nurses, um, any kind of personnel on any new thing that's that's a technology advance that you're trying to get them to use. That's really cool. There's a lot that's in there. That's um like really interesting. So it's, it's good to know the day-to-day -day for, uh, for uh, someone who's doing this full-time. Um, what, what do you find to be either particularly rewarding or challenging about this type of job? So I'll say the challenging part first. Uh, <clears throat> one, that um, electronic medical records are still sort of in its infancy. We're still learning how to use them. We know we have to. Um, and a lot of health systems understand that and they sort of push it, but there hasn't been a lot of emphasis on teaching employees, uh, clinicians, on how to make it efficient and a part of their workflow. So the goal is to embed that within your day so you don't have to take time out with for the face-to-face for, -face from the patient so you can complete your note, let's say, during the time, the FaceTime that you have with the patient so you're not having to stay after work to chart, um, but also at the same time, we don't want the doctor, the nurse, or the PA, or the pharmacist to be staring at a screen when you have a person in front of you, right? And so that's the biggest challenge um, in the tech aspect, and then also like in the operations and the delivery, because you don't want our customers are the clinicians. And ultimately, the overall customer is the patient. but. If I can make my clinicians work um, seen through and like, you know, being able transparent and uh, efficient, then the patient will get a better care, right? We'll get that's the ultimate outcome, right? If I can get the doctor to ask the right questions and click in the right box, then I get the data that I need. They get, you know, the information they want from the patient and it didn't, it, it, it uh, took less time to do that. So that's a challenge that we're not there yet. Um, and, and I've worked in a number of institutions from really, really top of the line, top two, top one hospitals in the country. And then I've worked at small community health settings in rural America and no one's ready. <laughs> so that's a challenge. What's rewarding is to be able to put in 
the nursing skills that I learned 10, 15 years ago when I would struggle and I said, God, I wish there was a button. I wish we could collect this information without me having to walk across the hallway or writing on my hand or, you know, I forgot to ask the patient something. These things now are so much more efficient. And so I have been able to be a part of that, of saying, you know, the all a lot of the I wish I could, I actually am able to push that those initiatives and say, hey, why don't we create a button that does this? Because nurses are having a hard time collecting X amount of data. So that's really rewarding. And then also being able to pull data that's meaningful, that I can, you know, that's like flawless, that is good data, that it's functional, that it makes the CEO happy, that makes the joint commission happy, that makes the doctors happy. That's just a win-win. Yeah, I love how you're making life easier for other nurses, like you said. It's what you saw as a pain point when you were in in their shoes is... Absolutely. I mean, that was one of the biggest, um, you know, struggles as a nurse. Not only are you starting out in your field, but also there's so many uh, barriers, technological and just paper charts and things. And you're, you really, I mean, I remember walking around with stickers on my scrubs and Sharpie writings and, you know, how many CCs in and out. And, you know, and I was like, I wish there was a way. And now we have, you know, what they call, um, some places they call them cows, which are computer on wheels. And so, you know, you can pull them in the room and it's just a lot easier. And I think a lot of the new nurses coming out, sometimes they take that for granted. And I tell them stories of how things used to be. And not that long ago, I'm talking about 10 years ago. Um, and then they'll say, that's crazy. How did you do that? <laughs> you know, but yeah, so um, that that's really exciting. I'm, and I think that I've made a point in my career, which I also, that's why I also teach, um, especially for the NCLEX, uh, because I was a terrible NCLEX student. Uh, my study skills were awful. Um, and I tried to kind of mitigate those challenges to the new generation of nurses coming out. I love that acronym, cow. It's not something I'd want to hear in a hospital. <laughs> yeah, it's like, where's the cow? <laughs> yeah. If I uh, if I ever, you know, I, I hope never really to be in a hospital, but if I ever find myself like this. We all somebody, will, and you shouldn't think about it as a negative thing. You yeah. come in for preventive care that That's saves true. your life. That's true. That's true. If I'm ever in there for a positive reason, I right. might try to Right. You could be going to see a, to have a baby, or you could be going to see to get a screen that says you pass with flying colors. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so next time I'm there, uh, I'll have to look point, for the cow. Look for the cow. <laughs> Say, hey, look at that cow over there. Uh, so getting back to outcomes, and I'm definitely curious to know, because uh, we've been talking about the goal of nursing informatics and looking to make nurses' lives easier and improve patient outcomes. Um, so has there been any data or research? Is it still too young in its infancy? Or do we have the hard data to show what uh, has improved because of nursing informatics so far? Well, I didn't prepare and do an analysis. I didn't know I was supposed to. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> but I'm asking tough questions. But I would <laughs> say anecdotally, I'm sure there's enough research, but yeah. I haven't pulled it. But yes, um, so um, there is definitely research that proves that um, having an EMR is, uh, you know, optimal for collecting data. And so therefore, the people that um, manipulate the data, right, to in order to report those outcomes, um, these are things that before we weren't able to track and now we are. So there are a lot of patient safety markers that we're able to track now because of this. So things like um, 
you know, like I was saying in the earlier example, the amount of time that you're spent um, on anesthesia, for example, right? So we know that the longer you are unconscious, uh, the likely uh, are that you will have like a negative or an adverse uh, outcome, right? Yeah. So the longer we'll put you to sleep, the longer, the harder it might be to get you up. So we want to make surgery safe, quick, easy, but, you know, and, and efficient, but also functional, right? So uh, we now can collect that data before, you know, maybe we were collecting it. It wasn't really uniform or standardized. Uh, so the beauty of electronic medical records is that we're able to pull uh, uniform standardized data across. So how that benefits the patient is that if you go to a small hospital in the middle of nowhere, or you go to the largest, you know, number one, you know, accredited place in the country, the likelihood of collecting the same information and having the same mandates it needs to be uniform. So you need to have the same chance of surviving the hospital as anywhere else, right? So it shouldn't matter. And that's what these, um, it's kind of a unifier or an equalizer, if you will, having these electronic medical records that are collecting information. That's great. Uh, and like you said, I'm sure there is a ton of research out there. So we'll have to do some research on our end and see exactly what the outcomes yes, and are. And I would love to come back and share it. Yes, I will have you back <laughs> to do that. Um, so, I know we've been talking a lot about it. I'm hoping that those listening are getting more interested in this field. And there's so much, I feel like it's still so young. So there's just so much that can be done in the future to really be a game changer in the healthcare field. So for someone who's listening, especially knowing that most of our audience is nursing students or those who are fresh out of nursing school, obviously if they're still in nursing school, they have to finish nursing school, pass right. the NCLEX, get a, you know, get their first nursing job. But uh, for someone who's young in their nursing profession, who's now interested in this field, what are the steps that they should take to get started or get onto the path to right. this field? So that's a great question. Um, and it's always important to, I always like to give students, uh, you know, concrete, measurable steps. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not some nebulous dream that you have somewhere that you don't know how to achieve. So the first thing I would say is that once you are, you know, in your job and you're, you know, you're, whether it's in an outpatient setting as a clinic or it's in a, um, inpatient, uh, you know, critical care, acute care, whatever kind of care, long-term care. Uh, the first steps is to what we call becoming a super user, okay? So every unit uh, in a hospital setting or in a clinic setting, usually, um, you know, the um, IT departments usually like to kind of train or offer super user training so that one person is sort of the expert in that floor, in that unit, right? So you're, it's the go-to person in case, you know, new, when there are new changes that come up, that person usually is in charge of teaching the other nurses on the floor. This is a new button that they added. Don't forget to click on it, et cetera, something like that. So I would say becoming interested, uh, becoming a super user, asking your nurse manager, you know, are there any super users for, it could, sometimes it could be as simple as like a new glucometer, right? That's been added to the floor. Well, can I be in charge of training everyone? You know, so you have to take some leadership initiative. Um, so I know that if uh, most of the large medical record uh, companies, uh, such as like Epic, um, they have this model of super users, right? So, so that's the first thing. You're working on the floor. You want to become better and you know be the expert. So you take it upon yourself to learn, take some classes. Um, a lot of the hospitals also offer. Um, within their like learning network or employee, you know, network for learning uh, or talent management, however they call it. 
they offer courses on, you know, Excel and um, different maybe project management software. So this is like, it depends on your level of interest in the field. So there's definitely things you can do within your hospital system to start getting better at these things so that by the time an opening, you know, you've been there for a year or two, you already have your med surge experience in the pocket, and then you say, well, I'd like to do something a little bit more um, tech. So when a job opening comes, you can already say, hey, while I've been doing this, I've learned how to do this, this, and that. So you stand up above, you know, someone else. So you can do that. And then um, if you really want to, like I said, be a leader in the field, then I would definitely suggest um, uh, going to a master's program. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a master's in informatics because there, there are these programs that if you really, this is, you know, this is what you want to do. But even like just a generic sort of like uh, master's in nursing uh, or even like uh, sometimes they do like MBAs in healthcare. Um, they also do like masters of public administration. You know, there's a lot of different kinds of advanced degrees. Um, I tend to always uh, root for nursing. So I always want nurses to get their masters in nursing. Uh, because that's just unbiased, uh, but uh, there is value in a lot of the other advanced degrees programs. Just make sure that there is a, a focus and an emphasis on data research and statistics. And then from there, then you can really qualify for those higher jobs, you know, being a, you know, in a manager or a director level. Uh, but in the meantime, get started with um, just becoming a super user, training, learning, becoming involved in, um, they call like CUSPs, which are like, uh, co you know, comprehensive unit based projects for patient safety, uh, being a leader of that, collecting data, little outcomes just for small things. You want to track, you know, something as simple as like how many Band-Aids are we using to how many days are the patients staying longer than they should, you know, and uh, show interest and initiative. And then hopefully if you have a good manager, your manager will recognize that and say, hey, you know, you seem to have this um, analytical mind. Would you like to do more for us or be on the on the lookout for HR when they post jobs that are related to this? Yeah, and it makes sense. You want to start with that practical experience, look for the opportunities for initiative and leadership, and getting a master's is always a great way to diversify and uh, and uh, really uh, bring your resume to the next level. Absolutely. Uh, give you more chances for, for growth there. Um, any, any final thoughts for either regarding nursing informatics or uh, anything to inspire those listening? And also, I, I definitely want... Uh, to, to plug your, your Facebook page because I know that you're also promoting yes. uh, and pushing some, some great uh, nursing articles there as well. So any last words of advice and also where can students go to follow uh, you? Yeah, so I guess words of advice and things that I didn't, I wish I had been given when I was younger or early nurse is to find a mentor. Um, and a mentor doesn't need to be necessarily your manager um, or even work with you. Uh, but you want to find someone in your field or in the field that you're interested in, right? So say that you just became a nurse, but you really want to work in the cardiothoracic unit. That's your dream. You always wanted to. And you have no idea how to get there, you know? And so you want someone to hold your hand. So sometimes it could be your advisor at school. Sometimes it could be one of your faculty members. Um, a lot of the times it could be a clinical instructor who you keep in touch with. I know I have been 
sort of, you know, men, you know, I've had a couple of mentees, if you will, people that over the years will still email me and they'll say, hey, can you take a look at my resume? What do you think? You worked with me, um, you know, and, and it, it goes beyond having someone to write a letter of recommendation, because I know that's usually the reason we, we, you know, keep in touch with faculty and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It goes beyond that. It goes, um, you know, someone who knows you, who knows your skill set and who can help you navigate the challenges that come in, in the nursing field, because there are a lot of challenges and you don't necessarily know what they are until they come. And uh, some of them are personal challenges. Some of them are like, you know, how to figure out what's scheduled to work, how to figure out how to ask for a raise, how to um, transfer to another unit, how to deal if you're being bullied, which is big deal. It happens. It's a lot of uh, what they call violence in the workplace. Yeah. Um, so getting a mentor, I would say, working hard, looking around when you meet people. Don't dismiss people. Don't spend some time with them. Ask them questions and don't be afraid to say, hey, is it okay if I keep in touch with you? Would you give me your business card? I won't you know, harass you. I just want someone to, to talk from time to time to tell me, hey, how are things? My career seems to be going in this other place. Is that okay? Or um, you really don't know the things that will happen five, 10 years down the line. And I know this from personal experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I didn't have a mentor until I was probably 10 years into nursing. Uh, and by the time I got it, you know, so grateful, but God, I wish I had it sooner. Um, you know, and I'm definitely going to tell my mentor to listen to this uh, <laughs> podcast. She's great. She was my academic advisor at Penn State University. Oh, great. Um, Dr. Swartz. And she's amazing. Um, she's helped me. You know, we don't even live near each other. We probably talk maybe once a year. Yeah. But when I needed her career-wise and even personally as a friend, she would say, okay, let's talk and let's see. Where are you at in nursing? Where do you want to be? What are your hopes and dreams? And what's the reality of the market? Um, so I, that's really like, if I could say one thing, get a mentor. Great advice. Useful for any field. Uh, mentorship uh, is, is yes, huge. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, and then definitely where, where can students go to yes. follow you on Facebook? So I created a page recently on Facebook and it is called Vero the nurse. Uh, Vero is short for Veronica. That's my nickname. Um, and so you can go there. I like to post industry articles. Things are up and coming for nurses, um, new fields, new things, research, and just things about just how hard it is to be a nurse, the good stuff, the ugly and the amazing and the beautiful. So it's a great place. It's also a place if students have questions, they can post things, um, whether it's about the NCLEX or whether it's just about career in general. That's wonderful. Yeah, so definitely uh, check check her page out uh, and be sure to like her on Facebook. Um, so, Veronica, thanks so much for coming on to the show and telling us a little bit more about this really cool field of nursing informatics. Super excited to have been here, and I really hope it helps some people get their curiosity. I think it will. And since you're in New York, we'll have you back again soon. Yay! Super easy access. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who are listening at home who are beginning your preparation for the NCLEX, as a reminder, be sure to check out KaplanNursing.com. We have a ton of resources for you to explore between uh, free practice questions you can try out, and then, of course, if you want to uh, end free events. And if you want to go ahead and uh, get started with your NCLEX prep, we have our QBank, computer adaptive tests, our content and practice pack, and of course, our review courses in there for you to explore. Uh, be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Kaplan NCLEX.
Plex Prep. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating and a comment in the iTunes store to let us know what you would like to see in future podcast episodes. And as always, I want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And we look forward to seeing you again in a future PrepCast. Cast.